more challenging for agency owners. And so uh, my husband and then one of our other friends, who's another male agent, um, they were concerned that I would not be able to cash flow the business, is their words. Um, and I pretty much just said, watch me. Yes. I've got this. I can do this. I can do this. Hey, Mama. What do you think of when you hear the word success? Fame, status, and fortune? What about rocking your baby to sleep or coaching Little League? Advocating for your special needs child or mastering meal planning? Maybe going back to school or starting your own business? The truth is success looks different for us all, and it may change depending on the season of life you're in. After finding myself in a dark place, I decided to set an example for my two boys by intentionally choosing what I wanted for my life and seeking it, even if it was scary. And now I'm so excited to bring you stories of other moms who are living out their version of success. I plan to ask these incredible women not only about their journeys, but how they are making it through the madness and the magic that we all know as motherhood. So whether your assistant just brought you a hot espresso or you're rocking your baby on a third cup of reheated coffee, settle in and get ready for some goodness. I'm Shannon Carruthers, and this is the Successful Mama Podcast. Well, hello, Mama, and welcome to this week's episode of the Successful Mama Podcast. As usual, I have a great guest for you today, and I am so excited to have Miss Lauren Battle with us today. Hello, Lauren. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming. So um, Lauren is, I mean, y'all. I, I had so much fun researching and learning all about her, all the ins and outs and who she is. And of course, she got here and I was like, well, I know more about you than you know about me. Sorry about that. This is a little awkward. But um, let me tell you about the time when you did this and this and this. And that was so cool. I love it. <laughs> so um, we're going to just get started. And Lauren, if you will, tell our listeners a little bit more about you. Sure. Well, um, I'm originally from Huntsville. I tried to move away a couple times, but ended up coming back here. And um, I'm married to my husband, Drew, have two little boys, George and Benjamin, um, run an all-state insurance agency, and um, just love spending time with family and friends and being here. Awesome. Perfect. Um, so I would like to, with you know where we're going to go today, we're going to talk um, a little bit about changing trajectory, about... Um, Things not necessarily going as planned, but then working out through working hard, right? Exactly. Um, and so I want to go back with that to, to your childhood and tell me, um, you know, with your mom, what was it like with her? Did she stay home or did she work? My mom um, always worked uh, when I was growing up. Um, she actually started out in restaurant management um, and then ended up starting her career with Allstate um, in 1989. I was five at the time. And so um, it was just impressive just seeing how she sort of did it all. She was running her business, uh, working really hard, and then also there for everything for my sister and I. So it was amazing. And I'm curious to know, um, I think a lot lot of moms feel guilt a lot of the times, you know, I mean, that's obvious. Moms feel guilt for everything. No matter what you do, we feel guilt. But um, if if you're a working mom and going out and being gone and doing the things and having someone else, you know, take care of kids during the day, I think that we feel like they're going to have some negative, you know, mentality about that. Do you feel any of that from your childhood looking back? Um, or do you feel like, 
you know, that was a positive experience for you or somewhere in between? Yeah, definitely. No, I think it was a positive experience. Um, you know, my, my children also have always had a working mom and have always gone to daycare. Um, I felt like she made sure that I was somewhere that I was well taken care of and um, had great teachers, great people around us. Um, we also had a nice, uh, you know, I say you, you definitely need your village. Um, yes. We had a strong family support um, around us. So lots of aunts and uncles and grandparents helping out too. Um, but I really feel like she made the most of it and made sure that if we had sports events and school programs and all of those things, she was at as many of those things as she possibly could be. Um, but then I knew that all of her hard work was going to benefit our family in the future. Obviously, some of those things are a little more retrospective. I didn't right. really know that right. exactly as an eight-year-old, but, um, but yeah. yeah. I, I totally feel the same way. My mom worked. Um, and, you know, I think some of that really helped develop me into the person that I am as far as, you know, being more independent. I've always yes. considered myself pretty independent. And I think some of that can can go back to that. Again, not realizing that as a, you know, right. as a kid, but <laughs> in retrospect, like uh, understanding the things that she was doing and, and how it was, you know, impacting our family. So Definitely. I love asking about that in, you know, because as moms, I think we're so hard on ourselves in the now, but we don't think as much ahead about how our kids are going to see that looking back. We just think, well, I'm failing. I'm, you know, I'm not doing all the things yes. when we can't do all the things, no, right? No, definitely not. And I'm I'm not good at some of all the, par- uh, you know, teaching things. If my children were homeschooled, they would not know anything. Oh, so. my gracious. Yeah. Oh, I love teachers. Teachers are amazing teachers people. Are, yes. yes. <laughs> We've talked about that so many times on the podcast. Like teachers are amazing. Exactly. Um, okay. So let's go from there. Um, what did you plan to do when you graduated high school, went to college? Tell me a little bit about that and your plans for your future. Sure. Well, first of all, I obviously really valued my mother's opinion. And so when I first started at Mississippi State, um, I had a major of chemical engineering. Okay. That was not my strong suit. (laughs) Um, But the the mindset behind that was that, um, you know, there were not a lot of women in that field. And, you know, she was like, with your leadership skills and just, you know, your personality type, that would be great for you in terms of moving into a management role. Yeah. After a few uh, terrible classes of, uh, you know, organic chemistry and whatnot that I failed, I said, this is not for me. Um, So my degree, I actually got in accounting, um, loved that field, and it took me to New York to get started in my career in accounting. Um, But then, you know, obviously things have pivoted and changed into the insurance world. Yes, I love that. So tell me about how, how did that shift come back towards the insurance world, because that's a big jump from accounting to insurance. Definitely. Um, I feel like accounting gave me a nice um, overall business kind of foundation. um, And so that was a good, uh, you know, tie in a little bit with insurance, the financial piece of it. Um, But my mom just started talking to me one day after I had I'd moved back from New York um, and I was working crazy hours in accounting and was a relatively newlywed at the time. And it was just becoming more and more challenging. Um, and she said, you know, hey, I really want to grow my business and I want you to be part of that. And I was surprised. We'd never even really talked about that as a potential career option. Um, But at that point, I was ready to get out of the long hours and just ready to take a leap of faith. I love that so much. Um, So you mentioned you had moved back and and there was a boy somewhere in there. (laughs) Why don't you tell me a little bit about your husband, how you met and some of that story? Sure. Um, 
my husband and I had both, uh, you know, lived in larger cities uh, right out of college, and we didn't know each other. We had a ton of mutual friends, um, but we had both moved back to Huntsville, um, and we ended up kind of crossing paths actually at a bar where most people, (laughs) a lot of people meet their spouse. Um, So we had met and then um, been on one date. And then he told me that he was going to be in a bachelor auction for a fundraiser for the National Children's Advocacy Center. And he was like, I'm going to be in this fundraiser. I've already committed to it, but I want you to buy me. I was like, okay, (laughs) that sounds good. You know, we'd only been on one date, but things were had clicked pretty quickly. Um, And that night, so Back at that time, neither one of us had a lot of money. We were young, and um, I wanted to win the bid. Um, and one of his, their family friends was actually bidding against me. I don't think she knew our plan, but she was going to like make him <laughs> clean up her yard or something crazy. Uh, anyway, so I put up $200 that day. He gave me $200 to go towards it. And then prior to that night, I had actually been at a luncheon and met his father, through my employer at the time, I told them about the auction, of course, and they pushed me and made me go talk to his dad. Now tell for listeners who are not familiar, you know, we've got listeners from all over, um, but we are in the North Alabama area in Huntsville. So for listeners who are not available, (laughs) who your father-in-law is, why don't you tell them about that? My father-in-law is Tommy Battle, the mayor. Um, And so this was super awkward walking up to him at a luncheon and I'm like, hi, I'm Lauren, I'm going to buy your son tonight. And he just (laughs) laughed um, and he's kind of quirky. And anyway, he just kind of laughed and smiled, but I guess I made a good impression um, because he went to the bank where my my husband was working at the time and gave him $200 How to go fun. towards the bid. Um, and then the final bid ended up being $800. And this um, older gentleman, Brooks Wilburn, who was also in the auction, um, knew that Drew really wanted me to buy him. And he ponied up the extra $200 to help us help us get the bid. I so love it. It was awesome. That's so great. It was fun. <laughs> and then Brooks came to our wedding. Oh, well, perfect. Yeah. We I mean, invited him. He, he bought a ticket, right? right. Essentially. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I love that. So, um, so you guys then, you had a super long um, relate start to your relationship and, and before you got married, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everyone in my family and all of my friends thought I was crazy. But I feel like, you know, once you're already in your mid 20s, you've done a lot of dating, you know, you, when you know, you know. So uh, we actually met in April of 2010, got engaged in June of 2010, and then got married in December of 2010. I love it. Yeah, so good. <laughs> I and I can totally relate because I, you know, I tell people if you know, you know, yeah. because um, my husband and I, we met when I was, well, I was 18, had just graduated from high school. Okay. And we had our first date. Well, he wouldn't talk to me at first. That's a whole nother story. But <laughs> um, eventually we went on our first date. And then I went home the next day and I told my best friend, I was like, I'm going to marry him one day. Like, I just knew. That's and amazing. I, you know, and so then we got engaged six months later. And then we would have gotten married six months after that. But somebody talked us into waiting another year. They said it wasn't enough time to plan a wedding. I kind of regret that now. But, you know, it still worked out. It still worked (laughs) out. So anyway, I love that. Um, So then let's go back to, you know, you joined the agency in 2011 with your mom. Yes. Right. Um, And then from there, you were in Huntsville. You were kind of newer here. You wanted to meet some people. So what happened next? Yeah. um, After when I first moved back to Huntsville, um, 
I was still actually working in accounting at the time. And one of the ladies at the firm that I was working with um, was also uh, an alum of the same sorority I was um, in college. And so she got me involved in the Alumni Association. And then she was also very involved in the Junior League. So she helped me get in uh, into the league. And that really was kind of a stair step to meeting a lot of people that are um, very community focused and involved. Um, and then that kind of helped lead me to serve in other capacities. And if you're not familiar with Junior League, we <laughs> talked about this on a previous episode with our dear friend, Jessica Johnson, yes. um, who is actually who introduced us. So I'm so thankful to her, but you should go back and listen to her episode. But in case our listeners aren't familiar, can you just give them a quick intro of what is Junior League and what is the, the vision for that? Yeah, the Junior League is an organization of women, um, a volunteer organization primarily focused on, um, you know, projects and charities that benefit women and children. Um, and a big part of that is training our members um, so that then we can go and maybe serve in a larger capacity on other boards. Yes, I love that so much. It's yeah. such a neat organization. And the more I've learned about it, you know, the more I've learned, to, like, I appreciate it so much. And the fact that the mission is just to empower women and, and to pour into other women. Exactly. And, you know, you should join. Well, I, you know, <laughs> I've thought about it. Jessica might have, you know, given me a little nudge. I'm too. sure. Um, I'm, yeah, we'll talk. We'll talk. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, so with that, then you began to start getting involved in other things. So uh, tell us a little bit more about how that went. What was the progression there? And what was that like during that during that time frame in your life? Yeah, um, I ended up getting involved with the Land Trust of North Alabama. Um, this was an organization that we um, had been familiar with, had done, you know, little hikes with, had done some volunteering, cleaning up trails, and just had learned more about their organization. Um, and so I ended up serving on one of their event planning committees. Um, that's really kind of my strong suit in terms of um, working with nonprofits is I love event planning. I don't know why I'm not an event planner as my career <laughs> instead of insurance. But um so I started working with them. They have really fun concerts at their Three Caves location um, in Huntsville. A lot of people are not familiar with that, but it's an old limestone quarry that is caved, uh, you know, has some caves. And so they have bands and concerts there. So I started uh, volunteering with them. Um, one way if someone's interested in serving on a nonprofit board is to start out as a volunteer. So I sort of, it's almost like an entry level position working your way up. Um, so definitely help them volunteering, helping with the events planning, and then ended up serving on the board. Um, I also went through the leadership Huntsville Madison County Connect program, which was amazing. Um, if anyone has not done that, look I've into that. It's phenomenal. Yes. And a lot of employers sponsor their employees to go through that program. So Working Moms, if your company does sponsor that, definitely look yes. into it. Um, so as part of that program, uh, we were challenged with coming up with um, essentially a project to benefit a nonprofit. And so my group created an event called Rocket Chef. Okay. It's a cooking competition based on uh, the TV show Chopped um, on Food Network live on stage. So this was something that they were like, y'all, there's no way you guys can execute this in six months. Like, it's not going to happen. Um, and our group were, we were go-getters. You were like, watch us. Right. Yeah, we got this. Pretty much. Uh, we fired our uh, helper who was who told us we couldn't do it. We were like, <laughs> we just won't invite her to the next meeting. <laughs> 
Um, but we did it. It was uh, a lot of work. We had to figure out how to buy stoves, find a place to do it. Uh, and anyway, that event turned out to be a huge success, uh, benefited the food bank and Merrimack Hall, um, and ended up that our goal for that was to create an event that was lasting. This was not just a one-time thing. So our group uh, helped put that on for five years. It took a COVID hiatus, just like everything. Yes. Um, but I was proud to see that um, the nonprofits actually took it upon themselves to revive it this year. So it came back this that year. So and cool. Our group all came, went and enjoyed being part of the fundraiser and supporting it uh, financially, but did not have to be in the nitty gritty behind the scenes this yeah, year. Yeah, that is so neat. That I love awesome. that so much. Um, and so from somewhere in there, there were also, well, I guess let's go, let's go first to 2014 because there was a big award. Yes. Tell us about that. Um, I was very honored uh, even to be considered as a contender or nominee, but um, I won the 2014 Huntsville Madison County Chamber Young Professional of the Year. Congrats. Thank That's you. amazing. Thank you. That is such a, like, such a big, I feel know. like that was a very, very big highlight. That yeah. was uh, an amazing honor. And a lot of that was due to all of the community involvement um, that we had been doing. So what do you think now, looking back, you know, life is busy. Everybody is busy. We yes. have things to go to and our planners are packed and we don't have enough time to do the things that we need to get done every day. What would you tell a mom or your kids even as far as the importance of giving back in that capacity, even though we're booked to the brim. Yeah, um, I think it's so important to be be part of your community, What, however that looks to you, whether that is through a nonprofit, whether that's through volunteering at your kid's school. Um, there are so many ways to positively impact our community that I think that um, for most of us, we can't be doing something like that every day, but to prioritize it. And, you know, there's more, t there's times that you have more time to give. And then there's times that you might not have as much time, but have the resources to give. Yeah. Um, and so whatever you can do, um, I encourage you to do that. And one thing, you know, I did a ton of this volunteering before I had kids. Right. And then my, some of my volunteering, you know, laid a little lower uh, while the kids were younger. And now that they're a little bit older, it's getting, you know, I'm getting back out there and yes, doing a lot. Yes. And before we get off of this volunteering um, topic, I did want to um, give you a chance to mention your mother-in-law um, and, and her, you know, volunteering heart. So could you talk a little bit to yeah. about her and what that meant to you? Definitely. Um, my mother-in-law was Eula Battle, and she um, actually started her own nonprofit called Free to Teach. Um, she always had an amazing giving heart. Um, she was a retired teacher and knew all of the struggles that teachers have with providing school supplies for their own classrooms. And so um, she created this nonprofit, which has been a huge asset to the community. Um, you know, I had already started volunteering a little bit right when uh, my husband and I met and started dating, but just seeing how much she did for the community was amazing and made me want to continue doing that and doing more. Yeah, that's, that's so good. And I was reading about her and, you know, it was just like, she did this and this and this and this, there were so many things. So she sounded she like was an, amazing an amazing person. Yeah, she sounded incredible just from reading about her. So, yes. um, so then let's talk a little bit about kiddos because you mentioned those, but you know, they're yeah. kind of the highlight of the story as <laughs> exactly. well. So tell me about your, your kids and, and what happened with them coming into the picture and, you know, you're volunteering and you're, you know, you're doing insurance now and then kiddos yes. enter the scene. Kiddos throw a, uh, 
a lot into the into the mix. Uh, it's definitely life changing, as all of you mamas know. Um, so my son George was born in 2015. Um, he was born six weeks early, so that gave us nice little panic mode uh, scare. Thankfully, amazing care at Huntsville Hospital. He stayed in the NICU for nine days and then uh, got to come home. And he's, you know, had no no issues since. So healthy, um, healthy little man. And then, um, you know, as you know, when you have the first kid, obviously, that's life altering. Things are totally different. But it's kind of... um, it's still a little easier. You still have, you know, rotation. So (laughs) I need a little break. My husband is amazing and comes in and helps with the baby. Um, But then when you throw number two in, it's a whole nother ball game. No break. <laughs> Somebody's with somebody at all the times. I love I love the phrase one's one and two's a million. Yes, it's it's 100 percent true. I fully agree. with yes. that. Yeah, <laughs> totally different. But um, then, yes, Benjamin, uh, our wild little man, was uh, born in 2019 and he has uh, kept us on our toes ever since. <laughs> uh-huh. Those, it's the second one. They that do. second kid, man, they know. Yeah, it, it's like they they have like a sensor. Whatever you don't want them to do, they will do. They're going to do. Yes. And they're going to figure out how to like be as mischievous as possible in the process. Yeah. And the problem with him is he's just so funny and so cute. And so when he was one and two and three and being mischievous, it was okay. Yeah. And now that he's four and a half, almost five, I'm like, okay, whoops, we've created a monster. Same. Same. (laughs) Because mine is six now. Uh He is four. Funny as can be and smart as can be. So he knows exactly what he's doing. Oh, totally. And yeah, it's hard to break once you get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'll remind me, I'll tell you a great little yeah. story about that <laughs> when we get off the mic. Love it. Um, okay. So with Benjamin coming in, you know, he was born in January, um, but you're still working, you're still juggling all the things and still, you know, volunteering and all, like I said, all the things. Yes. And then you decided, why not just let's do something even more? Let's <laughs> let's just add to this. So tell us about that. Yes. So um, in November of 2019, I actually took over as the owner of the agency, bought that from my mother. Um, we essentially just flipped roles. She is now still working part-time as customer service with me. So uh, she's now my employee instead of me being hers. Um, But yes, it was definitely a a wild time. Um, Part of the timing of that decision was that um, Allstate was making some changes. And so it was more favorable to go ahead and do the purchase. Otherwise, we might have delayed a little further and let Benjamin get a little bit older. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I had to um, go off for a couple weeks of training. And, you know, with my first child, I never would have... A million years no. left him at home with my husband, even no. though my husband is amazing. Like right. you can't take care of a baby right. for two weeks, but I had no choice. So, and yes. it's amazing what they can do when they when they have to. Absolutely, <laughs> totally. Yes, yeah. And I I heard um, it was on Instagram or something. You know, a mom talking about how with her first, she did all the parenting. She knew how to do bath time. She knew how to do, you know, every little thing because she was the only one. Because right. when it's your first, you have so many cares and you, you know, are worried about all the things. And she was like, my second one came along and I was like, you do it however you want to. I don't care. Like, right. we're a team now and you've got to, to pitch in. So yes. Yes. as long as uh, they're happy, they're still alive. We are good. We're good to go. Yeah. Yep. That's parenting winning right there. Yes. Um, okay. So you bought the agency. And um, so was that a a smooth transition? Was it a little bit crazy? What was that like? 
it actually, surprisingly, it was smoother than I anticipated, um, partially because we have an awesome team in place at our agency. Um, and so everyone just kind of continued along as as we were, uh, trucked right along. And so I was very pleased with how that went, because um, it definitely could have been a lot more chaotic. Um, there was a little bit more chaos. I actually um, acquired a second agency um, in 2022. That was a little bit more of a... Um, I guess a rougher time because yeah. just taking on a whole whole batch of new customers at once um, was a lot for everyone to take on. So did you feel prepared for this transition? I mean, you went to school, you studied accounting, you know, you come back and, and join this just because your mom suggested it, a chance to work with her, getting away from accounting. But did you ever see yourself going down this path and like, I think I'm going to own an agency one day. <laughs> Definitely not. Um, this is not something that we had talked about previously. It literally was a phone call out of the blue that sh- when she asked me to come and join her and help her grow the agency. You know, at the point that I joined her in the agency, I knew pretty much that I was the succession plan um, unless something had, you know, unless I just hated it. Right. Um, but obviously, thankfully, I loved it. And it's been, um, you know, been a great blessing for our family and amazing that uh, she and I have been able to work so well together. Um, but yeah, n- definitely not something we'd ever talked about or even thought about. Yeah. And did, did you have any naysayers? Anybody who was like, well, this is probably not the best idea? <laughs> well, yes. Um, so I love my husband and he loves me and supports me. Um, but all, at the time, like I said, Allstate was making some changes that were making things a little bit more challenging for agency owners. And so uh, my husband and then one of our other friends, who's another male agent, um, they were concerned that I would not be able to cash flow the business is their words. Um, and I pretty much just said, watch me. Yes, I've got this. I can do this. I can do this. Um, so. And just so you know, you're you're listening to the audio, but she has her great mug that says she believed she could. So she did. Exactly. It's perfect yes, for this episode. <laughs> that's kind of why I brought it because I knew that that tied right in with that theme. But no, but also just to say my husband does support me and he supported me enough, even though he said I couldn't cash flow it. He did co-sign the loan. So <laughs> so he yeah, it wasn't like completely. No. He, he, yeah. Yes. He I had, get it. Yeah. Um, he was showing his concern mm-hmm. as all. Um, so then moving forward, you know, the agency has done really well. You've received some awards and recognition, which is really cool. Um, and so now what does what does life look like? Because your kids are getting a little bit bigger. Yes. Um, have things changed around your house or have things, I guess, loosened up some as far as being able to volunteer more? Are you doing more of that outside of the home? Yes. So now that the boys are four and eight, there's definitely a lot more flexibility. You know, as most of you know, it's uh challenging to leave your husband at home with younger children. But as they're older, it's easier to divide and conquer and and do different things. Um, Plus, the like I said, my team at the agency is amazing. So I feel like I can, you know, get away a little bit during the day some to do some volunteering. Um, And so yeah, so now this year, I've uh, nicely overly committed myself again, but it's super fun um, to doing stars dancing for heels. And this is this is amazing. So tell us what is heels? Tell us about dancing. What is the commitment like? All the things. I want the scoop. Okay. So first we'll talk about heels because uh, this is a fundraiser benefiting um, this amazing organization. They provide school-based medical, dental, and optometry care um, at some of our local Title I schools. So uh, our most vul- vulnerable children whose parents maybe can't take off during the middle of the day to take them to an appointment. They would otherwise not have access to this care, especially the dental and optometry. I feel like that's something that's almost more 
of a luxury. Um, yeah. and, and so it's amazing that the children have access to this at school. They get to know the providers, um, and so they all know and trust all of the heels, um, doctors and nurses at school. They actually get to go get the kids out of class, bring them to their appointment, and then take them back. So it's amazing what that they've is, been able to do. That's phenomenal. I love that. Yes. Um, and so the big fundraiser uh, for this organization is called Stars Dancing for Heels, based on the TV show Dancing with the Stars. So um, local community business owners and leaders are the quote unquote stars. Um, and then we are paired with professional dancers. And so I am paired with a dancer uh, named Jonathan from Fred Astaire Dance Studio. And we are um, doing a jive to Proud Mary. Do I do I get like a preview of this? No, no, come on! I've got the I got the music. We okay, can pull it up, maybe. <laughs> um, but it's been amazing. Um, so I'm practicing a lot because this is a hard dance and it's very fast. Um, and so I feel like I've set a pretty high goal for myself um, to be able to execute this. So we're practicing two to three days a week. Oh, wow! And I've also been going to the gym to get back yes, in shape before yes. this. So. Now, were you a, a dancer or anything like that beforehand? I did grow up taking ballet. And jazz okay. and cheer you know did cheerleading and stuff in high school so I feel like a little bit of the rhythm is there um, but it's definitely out of my comfort zone having a partner and yes. doing the ballroom and all of that that's so so fun it I can't awesome. wait I can't wait to see this and I'm, I'm still holding on to that little preview um, even yes. just a video or something I'll show I you need... a video I have uh, we were practicing our dips okay so, yeah, I need, yeah. The, I need the inside scoop yeah. um, and so Lauren has some pretty amazing you know statistics I mean because you're a go-getter you're doing all the things right you've got this the achievements under your belt and this one can't be any different right right and so um, Lauren has raised over seventy thousand dollars already for this organization, which is phenomenal. So thank you. Yes, yes. Of course. I'm very happy with where we are. And uh, my goal is to get over 100,000. Oh, wow. That's such a big goal. It I love is. it. Thankfully, there are a lot of people who already love and support heels. And so tapping into some of those donors and then bringing in some new ones to help support and contribute. Um, you know, back when we were talking about uh, uh, serving on boards and nonprofits. I actually served two terms on the heels board, um, but it was right when I was having the babies. And so I managed to get out of dancing. I see. Pretty much every board member dances at some point, um, but I was either pregnant, wanting to get pregnant, you know, the roller coaster of children. And this was finally the time that I was far enough past it. So fun. What do your boys think? They love it. They um, they actually laugh at me. So I practice a little bit at home. There's a little, um, they call it the booty roll. So a little <laughs> booty roll dance move. And they do it too and laugh at me. And it's amazing. So good. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Um, so I want to, we're going to kind of shift a little bit here and, and go a little bit. We didn't really talk about this much, but I want to talk a little more with you about the importance of your family and your life, because, you know, you've been very clear about you're still very connected with your mom. You talk with her regularly, um, you know, your father-in-law and, and your mother-in-law and being around them. And um, and I might have done some snooping, as I tend to do, <laughs> and saw you you guys enjoy going to the lake. And, and um, your, your dad plays in a band. Yes. Right? That's yeah. so cool. So tell me, just what is that like having your family here, having um, the opportunity and the gift of being able to be around them? What does that mean to you? It, it means so much. Um, I, 
I don't know how people do it with living at, you know, away from their families because I am just so used to having everyone around. That's how it was growing up. My grandparents lived here. We always did big family gatherings with my aunts and uncles and cousins. You know, every holiday had 30 plus people. Um, and my husband actually grew up very similarly. They all of his, most of his family lives in town and they all get together for holidays. And so it's just what we've always known. Um, but I just cannot I don't I don't even know how to explain it, but um, I love that my kids are getting to know their grandparents so well. You know, anytime that we um, they have soccer games and flag football games, one or two of the three grandparents that are living are there every single game. Like they love it. Yeah. And we all, like you said, going to the lake, um, the lake was actually, uh, my grandparents owned it and passed it down to my mom and her siblings. And that was somewhere we always went every weekend, pretty much growing up in the summer and um, love that now we are getting to do that with our boys. That's so fun. And getting to like pass on those traditions, but not yeah. just the traditions, but also the people you got to experience it with, you know, getting exactly. to to let them into that is such a great um, a great opportunity and a gift. And I mean, we we kind of, well, I grew up the same way with, you know, we were always at my grandmom's house. It was always my cousins and my uncles and aunts. My dad had four siblings. Um, and so lots of grandkids all around. And, you know, my boys, my so my youngest, his favorite question to ask anyone mm-hmm. is, tell me a time, tell me about when you were little. That's his favorite question. And so I've been asked that more times than I can count. So I'm constantly trying to pull these stories of, well, you know, we used to spend Easter at grandmom's house or we did this or like the other day I went to um, to Walmart and I was trying to find some new gum mm-hmm. and I found the breath savers, which I don't usually buy. Yeah. But I saw him and I was like, oh, my goodness, takes me back. I even asked my brother about it. And he immediately knew exactly what it was because my grandmom used to always keep those in her purse. Mm -hmm. And at church on Sunday mornings, that's what she pulled out (laughs) to go to all the cousins. We would get those. And so, you know, just getting to pass down those stories and those memories. And I think it's really special. Yeah, I love that. So um, before we finish up, I've got, you know, we've got the big question of the podcast to ask, but I want to ask you because I love talking about not just the good stuff, but the real, the messy, the sometimes not so beautiful. What does that look like for you? Because from the outside looking in, it looks like you got it all together. (laughs) It does. And some days I feel like I do have it all together. But then there are those days that I totally don't. And I feel like a hot mess running around with my chicken, you know, like a chicken with my head cut off. Um, I feel like, you know, as a working mom, you know, even as a stay at home mom, there are so many things that we are all juggling um, every day. And, you know, I feel like this is one of those things that I like to say. I feel like you can have it all. Just not all at once. Yes. Um, 100%. Yeah. So there are, you know, even though it sounds like I'm doing so many things, I feel like when I'm really, really focused on the nonprofit stuff, a little bit suffers at the business. You know, maybe when we're overly focused on the business, I'm not as attentive and present at home as I should be. So, you know, we all have those moments and times and I, you know, am trying to sort of be more, be where your feet are. You know, I don't need to be so much checking email and things at home. I need to be more present with the boys. And so that's something that's just a constant struggle. Yeah. Do you ever feel it's easy to have that negative self-talk in those moments of I'm not enough or I'm, you know, I'm failing, I'm doing this. Do you ever have those kinds of thoughts? And if so, what is your response to yourself in in those moments? Definitely. Um, I feel like 
you know, almost on a daily basis, I feel like I'm failing at one of the, you know, one of the things, whether it's, you know, I feel like I'm not giving enough to the team at the office to make them as successful as they can be, or I'm not giving enough to the boys um, to, you know, help them with their homework and just be there for them. Um, And so, yeah, I, I feel like it definitely takes me getting my mind out of that and saying, you know, no, I'm doing my best. I'm doing everything that I can, or, you know, here's what I need to do to tweak this. Um, I think it also helps to have a village. Um, Like we talked about uh, our friend Jessica earlier. She is my go-to mom friend, you know, get some inspiration from each other and help support each other. And then of course, having my mom, you know, we, like I said, we, uh, we work together. We talk on the phone multiple times a day. We hang out on the weekends. We're out of control. (laughs) Such a, I love it. I love it. And, And I think it's important, you know, I feel like I say this so often, but if you're a new listener, you know, I want to make sure that you hear this, that she has this support system and everybody doesn't have that. Right. You know, just because you are in a stage or a season of life where you can't do all of these things, maybe you can't go volunteer, maybe you can't, you know, go to the lake or do whatever it is that you're wanting to do. um, Remembering that everybody's support system looks different Definitely. And everybody's gifts and talents look different and everybody's struggles look differently. So make sure you are not comparing yourself to our lovely guest today um, or any of our guests that we've had on, because I know, you know, it's so easy to just hear the story and hear the highlights and hear all the good stuff. But to remember that we're all struggling, we're all going through the hard things and, you know, not to compare yourself. So definitely that's, you know, and that's a hard thing to to remember because we all see, you know, I see posts on social media of other moms that, you know, came up with a lovely craft for their children this weekend and all the, you know, mom, good mom things. And I'm like, I didn't do that. Well, you know, I'm slacking. And so, yeah, it's hard, hard not to compare, but just do your best and be better than you were the day before. Yes, for sure. I love that. Okay. So one of the things that um, I obviously have to ask you, well, actually, before we do this, before we ask the big question, why don't you tell listeners where they can find you, where they can find, you know, information about heels, if they want to donate, if they want to buy tickets to come to the event and see you dance. Awesome. Thank you. Um, So you can find my agency Instagram, which I'm working on building up. I have someone helping me with that because that's one of my uh, weaker uh, points is Lankford Battle Agency on Instagram. And then um, you can go to the Heels website. It is just H-E-A-L-S Inc. I-N-C dot org. Um, And there's all the information about the organization and then also where to donate. I love that. And as always, that will be listed on the Successful Mama Podcast website, which you can find at SuccessfulMamaPodcast.com. So Ms. Lauren, let's get to the big question of the podcast, which is, you know, I want to preface a little bit thinking back to, you know, where you started your goal towards going into accounting and then shifting gears towards insurance, not necessarily what you planned, Um, you know, having kiddos along the way, you're volunteering and all of that. So what does success mean to you? So I feel like success has been redefined um, as I've gotten older. I would say earlier in my career, I was much more focused on being at the top of the leaderboard in sales, winning the accolades, um, you know, making as much money as we could. Um, But now I really feel like success is a little bit more about having the balance, having work-life balance, being happy in what I'm doing, um, and being able to give back. So having the opportunity that the business has afforded us and also just the time to give back uh, to the community. I love that. And I think you're so right in the fact that 
our success changes, like what we define as successful can shift as we go through different seasons. And so Definitely. if you're in the newborn stage of life where your baby's tiny and you're just trying to make it through like the day, your your version of success is going to look a lot different than moms like us who are a little further along. You yes. know, kiddos are a bit bigger. We're getting more sleep. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> but um, yes. Newborn moms, you know, survival. That, that would be success. That's it. Like That's the one goal. You're still here. Your baby's the still baby's here. Good. You're good. Yep. You that's survived. A win. Yes. <laughs> um, so I, I really do love that answer. Um, I want to ask you as well. I do rapid fire questions with my guests. Okay. Um, so tell me, what is your coffee order? A um, honey lavender latte from Moon Bake Shop. Ooh, it's delicious. Now, I haven't had lavender in coffee, and I've heard it's amazing. Apparently, you think it is? It is. I'm I'm um, an herbal cocktail kind of person, too. I like a basil lemonade kind of cocktail, oh, yeah. things like that. So, okay, I'm going to have to try this. Yes. Like I said, I've heard that recommendation several times. Okay, number two, on a scale of one to ten, how clean does your house stay on average? Seven. Okay. Awesome. Number three is what is a book or show that you have recently loved? I watch so much trash TV. It's terrible. <laughs> um, I'm actually rewatching Gossip Girl, which is really embarrassing okay. at the moment. But yes, that's what I'm watching. Right I've now. been rewatching House. Okay. Um, and why? I don't know. But it just ended up in my queue. And, yeah. Yep. So. All right. Number four is what is the most random item you have in your purse? Probably a crayon. I mean, it's not that random, but for a mom, a crayon or a marker or yeah. something that the kids have, you know, given you here, mom or a half eaten granola bar. Oh, that's always yeah. a good one to find. Like you're <laughs> yeah. digging for Months something later. and then. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yep. Definitely done that. <laughs> yes. Well, Lauren, this has been so much fun. I really appreciate you coming in and, and having this conversation. Awesome. Well, I've loved being here. Thank you for having me. Yes. Mama, thank you for listening. I hope you have a great week and we will see you next Tuesday on the Successful Mama podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Successful Mama podcast. For more information, head on over to SuccessfulMamaPodcast.com where you can find show notes and all the links mentioned in today's episode. Tap that share button and remember to tag at Successful Mama podcast and make sure to go leave a review. It really does help. A special thanks to Will Carruthers. Until next time, remember mama, success looks more than one way and it's up to you to define it.